back for another episode of Thoughts from the Attic. Chase, no NFL, actually some NFL. We've got some NFL moving pieces in the offseason. We need to issue an apology to a certain player. And it is finally March, and everyone knows what that means. So let's jump into it. All right, Chase. Well, let's dive right into it. We had the breaking news yesterday. J.J. Watt decided on his team, and he chose the uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who no one expected. That kind of came out of nowhere, and you did not like that. No. Okay. So let me go into it. Obviously, Browns fan. I wanted J.J. Watt. And the thing was, he left the Texans organization uh, to go to a contender, and obviously there had to have been money involved. Now, the teams reportedly that were really into him, uh, well, there's like uh, many of them, but but the teams that I think it started to heat up was Bills, Packers, Colts, uh, Browns, Steelers, and then you know Cardinals. Kind of people had them, but no one really thought that they were going to be it, right? And I, I would have been fine if it was any of the other five teams, you know, Steelers, even Browns fan. If you went to the Steelers, I would have understood, you know, brother connection, get all the what Watts together. But he went to the Cardinals, who I like the Cardinals, but they're not. They're the fourth best team in that division. They're not winning any championships anytime soon. Now he got what thirty two years, thirty one million, twenty seven guaranteed. I think. So I, I, get I from also a, read. I read this morning that that wasn't even the most he he got no, offered. I read the so. Colts and the Browns both offered him more. So it wasn't about the money. And I, I DeAndre Hopkins, who top five receiver in the game right now. I don't know what his pitch was, what the Cardinals' pitch was, but it must have been out of this world. And it's confusing to me because I, I am fine right now. I, I will say this. Uh, two years that he's on that team, they're not winning a Super Bowl. I don't think they make it to the um, to the finals. Um, not finals. Um, the conference finals. There's a chance they don't make it to the playoffs in, in that division, to be honest with you. And that's it is why a I'm tough like division. Um, it, it's easy to see why the Cardinals wanted him, because in that division you deal with pass pass uh, pass rush every week with Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, um, and now JJ Watt. And I think this goes into I don't I don't know what he saw in Arizona. I don't I don't I really don't know either. Because if I was him and top goal is Super Bowl. I think it's pretty clear that Bills would have been a great choice. Uh, like you said, the Browns or even the Steelers. Um, but choosing the Arizona Cardinals was way out of left field, something yeah. that no one really even expected. Could I could I just run through the NFC uh, West for a second? Yeah, do it. Uh, 49ers, 6-10. and 10. Uh, Now, you might be like, oh, they, they were the last. Let's not be deceived. Injuries plagued that team, right? Uh, yeah, they, they still have way... one of the best coaches in in the division. They they went to a Super Bowl a few years ago, um, and once everybody's healthy, they're better than the Cardinals. If the 49ers have a fully healthy team, they're better than the Cardinals. The Rams, they just went from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, they're better. And the they were Seahawks. already a playoff team last year with Jared Goff. Yes. The Seahawks just went 12-4. and four. Now, here's the thing. If Russell Wilson leaves the Seahawks, which we'll talk about that in a second, then, okay, 
Seahawks are in trouble. They'll be the worst team in that division. However, if he stays around, that team is going to be better than the Cardinals. It's, I don't know, you know, what I'm interested to see what comes of it. Maybe I'm wrong. I do not think I am, but weird move. Don't get it, JJ. Here's the other, here's the worry with the Seahawks. Um, That offensive line has been terrible. And every week, Russell Wilson is going to look like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, uh, running around for his life because he's going up against Aaron Donald, Bosa, and now J.J. Watt six times a year, um, like I just mentioned. So that's Seattle offensive line. If they don't fix that, if I'm Russell Wilson, which now we can move to this, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm I'm saying, okay, I want out because if you're not going to put any protection in front of me or give me anything to work with, just just let me go to a different team because going up against those guys six times a year is not going to be fun for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Reportedly, I know two of the teams were the bears and the Cowboys, which, Hey bears and the saints and the Raiders were the other mm-hmm. two, but yes, of, the bears, of... um, it was, I tell you, it was kind of like drafting a franchise quarterback hearing that Russell Wilson actually was considering <laughs> Um, wanting to go to the Bears. So this is one of those situations where in my – I've said this about other players. I said it about Deshaun Watson. It stays true for Russell Wilson. If you are the Chicago Bears, you give up whatever you have to to get Russell Wilson, and it's simple as that, and the Bears should not hesitate. And I don't even know if the Seahawks are taking phone calls on Russell Wilson right now just because – he is a franchise quarterback, and he didn't technically say he wanted out of town. He said, well, yeah, I don't want to get it, traded, but if you do, here's four teams that I would go it to. Was, it may have been one of those passive-aggressive things of being like, no, you know, I, I don't want to get traded. But here are the teams, you know, if you're if you're going to call around and look around, here are the teams that I would, you know, I'd appreciate. Maybe he sees how it's going for Deshaun Watson, where the Texans aren't even answering phone calls. So, so I – I do want to get into that a little bit after this, but um, you see, I just don't know what you would give up. I don't know. Russell Wilson. I mean, it's a lot. And again, you should, you should go after him if you, if you don't have a quarterback, Um, but we'll see if the Seahawks even filled calls. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes because we're getting cracks here and there of, of Seattle of like what's all going on. But I, I, believe you know i don't have any information on this there there has to be a big split between pete carroll and and wilson at some point something happened uh, and they can they can work together but they're not like they're not going to get along the relationship is not how it was it feels like a brady belichick that didn't last as long and wasn't like as great obviously but i mean sometimes when you have when you have superstar quarterback and you have well-renowned coach, great coach. Uh, they're going to butt heads, and I think it's worth noting that uh, Belichick's more of a defensive coach, so he doesn't really understand how a quarterback thinks. He's not like a Kyle Shanahan, a Sean McVay, who are quarterback guys. And Pete Carroll's a very much uh, run-the-ball and defense guy, also a guy who probably really doesn't understand quarterbacks that well. Obviously, they both had great quarterbacks, and Seahawks still do, but it doesn't help that their coaching style doesn't fit a great quarterback's game, per se. 
Yeah, it also, and has, as you mentioned before, it doesn't help that they have done that offensive line is awful. And it, I feel like the offensive line has been awful since Russell Wilson has entered the league. Like he is, he has never had any help up front. The same goes for Deshaun Watson. He's never had any help up front in front of him either. And Deshaun Watson sat down with the coach this week and was like, Hey, I still don't want to play here. I'm not playing for this team, uh, which has really escalated from <laughs> when he first requested a trade. He said, Hey, I want to be traded before the beginning of next year, probably thinking the Texans would honor his request. And now he's just flat out saying, I'm not playing. Uh, well, whether you trade me or not, I'm not playing for you. So it would obviously in, be in the Texans best interest to trade him. But when have the Texans ever done anything in their best interest? Like, uh, Never. please, it's the Texans are the worst run franchise in the NFL right now. I, I hate to say this. Um, Dan Snyder, second worst, but he is running a better the organization. The Jaguars are there, too. Yeah. And the, I think both of them are better are slightly better run than the Texans. That division is in shambles. I did you hear the report that teams had to leave offers on an answering machine because they just wouldn't pick up? They're not even picking up the phone. That (laughs) is it's embarrassing. That is so embarrassing for a franchise. I can't like as a Browns fan, the worst thing I uh, that I remember, you know, um, was the whole Johnny Manziel stint. And that was a player and the organization was always awful. But the Texans have are reaching that point and they're seeming to go beyond that. And I just don't like they're letting go of good players. It's, some players, JJ Watt, they're fine with letting go. And I get I to an extent I do get that. He's been around, he's done so much for the franchise. That but Watson isn't playing for, for the Texans. The longer they hold out and they and they do this, the you know, lower his trade value goes. That's what I was just gonna say is the longer they wait out, the less leverage they have because every team in the NFL knows he's getting out eventually and he's not playing another game for you. So we really a team can offer can wait or offer way less than he's actually worth. Which, if you're the Texans, you need to capitalize on as much as you can get because that team is awful. So, if you go into next year just having not traded Deshaun Watson and just with that team with a below average quarterback, they might win one game. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, like, imagine if he holds out, right? If he just goes, yeah, I have, I've made enough money. I can hold out a year. It is what it is. I see that happening. If, I do too. I, I I do not. He is not from all the reports and everything. He is not. No chance. He reports to that camp. No, no chance. They've had coaches, the GM. Everybody's talking to him. He's like, no, I'm not playing. Get me out of here. I'm done. I don't blame him. I I don't blame him. I I do miss, and this was early on in the process. I don't know if you remember. um, The GM and coach uh, for a few weeks were always like, no, he's coming on. We talked to him. It's great. He's going to play. Uh, that kind of language has stopped. Yeah. Because they're like, now- hey, we hired this new coach. We want him to, he's going to talk to him. Everything's going to be fine. Deshaun's going to be here. All that's over. Yeah. It's now, no, the player's going to play for us. Now it came out that Deshaun said that he did talk to the coach and he said, no, I'm not playing here. I don't like, care that you're the coach. I'm not playing here. <laughs> well, the thing too is the Texans are in a rebuild, right? They, they fully need the rebuild and that's going to take a few years. It, it makes that process much faster if they can get picks and players from other teams for the value of Deshaun Watson, though. 
Well, the other thing is, if you have Watson, you're going to win games you probably shouldn't, which means your draft picks are going to be better than they should. I get it that you have a a like a star star quarterback, and those are very hard to find a franchise quarterback. But that it's different if the franchise quarterback wants to play with you. This one obviously yep. doesn't. He hates the team. He doesn't want to be there. So you're not going to get his best effort. If he if you somehow twist his arm to play, I don't know if you're going to get his best effort. I don't see I would, him playing anyway. I, just, I, I would just, find it hard to play, try my hardest and put my body on the line for a crappy team. I you know look at Alex Smith, one bad hit and I could you know all could be over. I think this is either it's going to end one or two ways. Either the Texans finally trade him before the before the beginning of the year, he's just getting to hold out. Uh, he's going to do kind of what Le'Veon Bell did. It's a little different scenario, but um, I think, it, and this is just the beginning of these NFL quarterbacks now doing what, what NBA players have been doing for years now, basically saying, yeah, I know I have years left on my contract, but I'm done here. So uh, either figure a way out to trade me or I'm not playing for you. Um, like James Harden did earlier this year. I think a lot of people haven't discussed this, but I think that works much better in the interest of the team. If the player tells you he doesn't want to play there with years left on his contract, because at least you can get a return. At well, least you can, you get, can a get a huge hits. return. Yeah. Look at, I mean, the Rockets got a ton of players and draft picks and, everything like that because James Harden said instead of waiting and just leaving on for nothing, um, I'm giving you a chance to get something in return for me. So I think that that hasn't been talked about enough, that this can be in the best interest of the team too. If a player tells the team before his free agency, Hey, I'm not staying. So you might as well figure out a way to get me out of here and you can get something back in return. Well, the crazy part is right. So they're do they're not doing a part uh, like a, a half rebuild. They're, they need to do a full rebuild. A full rebuild can take you know from th- you know three to four years if you do it right. Longer if you don't. You know, uh, part time would only take about two to three years. But with trading Deshaun uh, Watson, you basically get to knock a year off of that. So yeah, for a full time quality of players yes, you that get you get and picks. picks. That that three to four year full time rebuild now turns about two two or three years. Yeah, if, if you that, do it right. and it could it could be shorter if you do it right. It's yeah, and also also, I'm not saying you can trade him to a team that has like a fine or a good quarterback and get a, a an average to good quarterback out of it and still get first round picks. I mean, a lot of people still don't know what to think of Sam Darnold. Uh, so you know that the Jets would give you Sam Darnold in a heartbeat for Deshaun Watson. You know the Bears would give you Nick Foles. I know he would be a placeholder, but if you actually want to be competitive, the Bears would give you Nick Foles in a heartbeat if you traded Deshaun Watson. So there's so many – there is a ton of quarterbacks out there this year that you get Marcus Mariota from the Raiders. You get Derek Carr from the Raiders if you want a – average quarterback to fill that spot if you don't want to be one and 15 bad oh and 16 bad so yeah no i it's just uh embarrassing thing for an uh, right now an embarrassing franchise uh and i i it's not going to get dealt with anytime soon no 
right now, obviously, the Texans aren't taking calls, so don't expect a uh, a resolution anytime no. soon. <laughs> oh, so, hard to hard to find a trade when you don't answer the phone. A little bit, a little bit. But Chase, it's March, one of the best yes, months is. of the year. We didn't get March last year. We got March, but we got the worst version of March that's ever existed. We were robbed. So I was we robbed were, of a March madness. We were robbed of March. Um, this year, we're going to have March madness. Bracketology is in full swing. The conference tournaments are going to start later this week. The Missouri Valley Conference Tournament starts on Thursday, which is one of the first ones in the country to start and finish. So that's why I, I always think of the Missouri Valley as the beginning of all this madness that we're about to have. Um. So we have Baylor lost last week to Kansas. So they dropped a third in the ranking. Michigan took the second place in the ranking. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor will be three number one seeds. But the argument really is what that final number one seed is going to be. Joe Lenardi today moved Illinois to his final number one seed, which I agree with the way that team is playing. Also as a homer. Um, uh, as an Illinois guy. Um, so seeing, seeing this Illinois team, most entertaining team to watch in the country as a Homer, I say, um, but Ohio state Buckeyes, he has as a two seed. So they're going to be very highly ranked as well. Yeah. And a lot of people think Iowa have a very good chance of taking that number one seed as well. Well, at one point, uh, about three weeks ago, uh, Ohio state could have had that first seed. Uh, but they played Michigan. It was an awesome game to watch. They ended up losing, which was fine. And they dropped two more games. They're on a three-game yeah. losing streak. Against very good, against mostly good teams. That uh, should be said. I, I think don't I don't want to. I'm pretty uh, sure if I I don't want to name these teams and get them wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember who they played. But either way, Ohio State's a good team. And no, going. Uh, let me bring it up here. No, I mean, they're a good team. They lost to um, – they did lose the – they got killed by Iowa. Uh, but they, yeah, the, the one that I – That was I, the one that was unexpected. And Illinois. Uh, say, Illinois to Illinois coming up later this week, so that will be a they tough lost, one. Uh, the loss to Michigan State is the one that kind of hurts. Which Michigan State also beat Illinois earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. So maybe Michigan State just got hot and figured some stuff out. Real yeah. Quick. But, um, uh, I, I do think um, – it's it's between uh, the you know final first seed is between Illinois and Iowa. The Illinois Ohio State game, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Illinois Michigan play tonight, um, and people have been waiting on that game for a long time. Um, maybe I mean it's it sucks if Io Desumu isn't playing for Illinois. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think Michigan wins with no Io DeSumo. With Io DeSumo playing, I think Illinois has a real chance to beat Michigan. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If, we'll uh, figure it out tonight. So if Michigan, if Michigan wins, right, does Iowa go into four and does Illinois fall, fall to five? No, I don't think so. I don't think that Michigan loss means much. To with Illinois, okay. but, they, but they do have with to no win Ohio. one out of the last two. They have yeah, to if, win. If Illinois doesn't beat Ohio State, then you're not a one seed. Yeah. Um, then you're a then you're a two seed. But I, I think it depends if Iowa plays because if Iowa plays and Illinois loses, maybe that changes things. But if mm-hmm. Iowa doesn't mm-hmm. play and Illinois loses, 
then um, people will go, well, you know, they weren't, they didn't have their best player. Um, and, and we got to see how close it is too. So, but it'll be a really interesting game tonight. It's going to, it's been one of the most hyped up games that we've been waiting for all year because they were supposed to play earlier in the year, but Michigan had the whole COVID thing. So uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, that game in Michigan. It's official now. Michigan's a basketball school. Yeah. Yes. Michigan's a basketball always, school with Juwan Howard leading that program. So, well, to me, obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I never really looked at them as a football program. <laughs> yeah, not really. But <laughs> not really competitive. I always, so. I always, I always thought they, I always thought their, you know, their basketball program has always, at least to me, growing up, I always saw them as like, oh, Michigan has, Michigan's good in basketball. Like, feels like they're always ranked. Yeah, so, yeah, they're they're always there. Um, which. I'm very happy with Ohio State. Um, you know, uh, love Ohio State basketball. But has been, you know, iffy some years. Some years we get good. Some years, yeah. I mean, we usually get ranked, throw into the, you know, into the bracket. But I don't really expect anything from them. But this yeah, year, and this, this is year, gonna be the first uh, time yeah. Illinois has made the tournament since 2013, 2012. One of the two. So I am. I am so excited. You, I. I don't think people realize how excited I am to fill out a bracket. I am like itching for it. Yeah, I haven't filled one out for the last few years. Yeah, you don't, you don't fill out brackets. Yeah, I had forgot about this. I haven't. I might fill one out this year just because, you know, the heart grows fonder in absence, you know. In well, last you... year, not having this was painful. So... I mean, some could say uh, you deciding to not fill out a bracket is what started the world, uh, you know, coming on fire. Or Harambe, one of the or two. Or Harambe. So <laughs> we'll see. Which, we'll see. Which. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll fill one out this year. And we'll see if it sets everything back in place. Yeah, I, we'll see. So and then, <clears throat> Chase, we have someone to apologize to. I believe um, we do. Both of us were very wrong which I'm not afraid to say I was wrong about this guy. You were wrong about this guy. I was. Um, I will give us credit. I think it was hard to know how good he was going to be because all we had really was stats because he didn't play in college. He played overseas. Um, we were both very wrong. His team is the eight seed right now in the East. And since he became a starter, he is averaging over 20 a game at like six and seven. So he's averaging great numbers. LaMelo ball. I'm so sorry that I underrated how good you would be. Cause Holy cow. This kid is a really, really good basketball player. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, now again, clearly wrong you know the kid's great he's gonna have a fantastic nba career hopefully you know hopefully no injuries or anything like that happen he should go on to have a very very good to great you know but he will be a also, multiple time all-star i will yes, go yes. i will say that right now he will be uh, a multiple time in all-star. our defense not only did we have the overseas but if you looked at his other two brothers yeah um, we had lonzo who lonzo's a good player but I, I would, you know, I don't think I'm, I think overhyped. Uh, I think LaMelo is better than Lonzo. 
I think LaMelo lives up to the hype that Lonzo had. Yes. I think uh, yes. Is, is what we're seeing. Um, so then, uh, Leangelo, uh, as he's, we, he, he's there. <laughs> he's, he's a brother. Um, is, he in the, he's, is he still in the G League? I'm not sure. Um, but but with LaMelo, I watch him play. Um, and I've watched him a few games this year whenever I can. I watched him last night against the Portland Trailblazers. I watched him a few nights ago or a couple weeks ago whenever they played the Miami Heat. LaMelo is one of those guys that controls the game in so many different ways with the way he runs the floor and his passing vision and everything else that goes beyond the scoring and the assisting, which those numbers are great already for a rookie. So, which um, as a starter, he's averaging nearly 21, six rebounds and nearly seven assists in two steals, 43% from three. So um, we missed the mark on this guy. <laughs> we were wrong and he's, he controls the game so well. And he's one of those guys that makes his teammates better. This is someone that is, he's so fun to watch too. You, you like you watch him and he's, he's like just a magician on the court, the way he controls everything. He's a better, I don't want to compare him to Ben Simmons, but he's a Ben Simmons that has an outside game, like an actual guard and that, that can do those things. So, but props to him. He is, he is, uh, came right into the league and, Proved a lot of people wrong, including us. Yes, uh, you know, I would say it. I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, I, I'm interested in what kind of mentorship Michael Jordan is giving him as well, if if like uh, if any at all. But I, I expect Jordan is is saying some things or giving him some tips along the way. Um, now, I think this is the first time Jordan has had a player like this that you're yes. like, okay, this is a franchise player. Now, I will say this, and this isn't. On Lamelo, this is on the team. The Hornets are not known for paying people or really, uh, you know, going in free agency. Uh, so I would not be surprised if Lamelo moves on, uh, you know, after after his contract. I could see. I mean, with Charlotte having the rights through restricted free agency. Um, I could see him being with the Hornets for a while. Um, for a I don't while, know, but I don't know if he's I a think, Hornets lifer. I think it's. No, I, I mean, the is. further we go, um, it's it's less and less. Uh, he's one it's of those less and less common he, for players to play with one team forever. So I well, he's one of those players. I'm going to make a prediction with on Lamelo, and I know I just got the last one wrong, but hey, you got you. You got to keep shooting. Shooters shoot. I'm going to say here, I feel like it just to me feels like he will be on. He will be a Laker, a Celtic, or a Nick. The first one, one that those, comes to mind is the Lakers, for sure. One, one of those three. And, yeah, one of those three teams he'll go to. That feels, I don't see as much the Celtics because they don't like to spend either a lot of times. Um, I think the, I, I think Celtics, the Knicks, it's one of those Lomelo, three, I think is a big market player. Yes. Uh, I like, I mean, I like him on the Hornets. Don't get me wrong. Just kind of guessing what the heck happens in his future, but maybe even Chicago, who knows? Um, mm -hmm. But he's a, even just sticking with what he is right now. He is a great young player who 
even if he continues to get just a little bit better year after year, he's he's going to be a very good point guard in this league for a long time. So, um, like I said, he's averaging almost 21 a game, 43% from three as a starter. So he is, he's a real player and he is um, really fun to watch. So if no one, if no one watches Hornets basketball, cause they're the Hornets, I would encourage someone to yes, check it out and, and watch him play because it's unlike many other players you watch. Now I do want to talk a little Cavs basketball Cavs. They dropped 10 games, but now they're up four. Uh, and so they're still, I think 13th seed. So not doing too well. And I think that covers up a great young player, Colin Sexton. It took him a few years to find start to find his footing, and he still as it does with many as it does with many players. We had to talk about this on a previous pod where, you know, we live in a time where of instant gratification, Mm. and I think that hurts a lot of way too quick. Yes, and that hurts a lot of young players that sometimes need development time. And Colin Sexton is one of those players that he needed some time to develop, and you know, right now. He's averaging 23, two and four. And that's not the, you know, not a super standout points are points are really good, but rebounds and assists, his assist total has slowly been going up as the season has progressed. He's been getting more accustomed to it and even coming in. And I think, and I'm going to talk to Cavs fans here because I think Cavs fans with LeBron got spoiled on how a young player progresses or how a young player were like learns in the league. Colin Sexton, I think is the average, like, a very good young player and a grow up to be, I think, you know, a future all-star here and there, but sometimes it takes time. And Cavs fans this season, previous seasons have been like, he's a bench player. We need to trade him. He can't lead a team. He can't get us wins. He's not very good. And clearly you're wrong. Cavs fans. He's a great player. He does. He is a starter in this league. He's not a, cause the other thing I had heard about, right. Is, Everybody talked about how if he was on any other team but the Cavs, he'd be on the bench. He'd be, you know, he's not a starter. No, Colin Sexton is a starter. He's going to continue to get better. And I really do think it's time for Cav- Cavalier fans to appreciate what they have in a great young player. Yeah, he's been really good in the Cavaliers games I've watched that have been close. He's one of those guys that can, like, he's not afraid to try and take over down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he absolutely will get them – like buckets when they need it. And he's a pretty clutch player. Um, so it now it just comes down to the Cavaliers getting the right players around Colin Sexton and even Darius Garland. It's only his second year, but he's made really good strides as well. Uh, I thought for a young player. Um, so props to both of those guys. We'll see what the Cavaliers get for Andre Drummond. Cause the word is right. They're going to try and trade him uh, before yeah. the deadline. We'll see what happens so. with that. Jared Allen, um, I think he got a really nice piece there. Yes, yes. <laughs> from I, the I'm very, very happy that we got him. A very nice young core police, uh, core uh, core player to go with the team. I'm excited for the future of the Cavaliers, and I have not been able to say that in the last few years. <laughs> I think I think it's safe to say, uh, yeah, the, this team's the team is still pretty fun to watch too. Yes, I, this is this so. has been the first year that I've been like, I know we're not a good team. And we're probably below average, like below 500. However, I've had a blast watching, you know, Cavs basketball. You've got something to root for. Yes. So, Much like so the, the Knicks. Knicks now. So, so the, Knicks. the Knicks. Which I don't know about you. There's some people that said they're happy about Knicks fans for this. Happy with Knicks fans 
for them that they're doing so well. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm happy if the Knicks are 15 in the East every single year. I think people forget these Knicks fans are also Yankees fans. So they're not struggling here. And I think what really got me, Chase, what really got me, these Knicks fans are getting really confident in themselves now that they're one game above 500. So I was going to say this, and I I feel like I'm one of those people that's like, you know, the Knicks are doing good. That's awesome. However, um, Knicks, like you had mentioned, you know how every team, when, when they've been awful for a while, has a time period that everybody will root for them and then turn on them. Yep. The Knicks that the Knicks length for that is so short. It can happen this season. I'm already like, okay, well, you know, calm down guys, calm down. You know, I wouldn't be talking so much. I'm excited. The Knicks are good. I hope they make the playoffs and I hope they win a game. I hope they win a few games. However, um, they're an easy team to turn on and just be like, you know what? I hope you get another 20 years of just awful basketball. I don't even mind the Knicks as a team. I just don't want Knicks fans to taste any success. <laughs> um, and this just proves there was this tweet from Knicks Twitter. Is Julius Randle better than prime Chris Bosch ever? Was? Oh my God. <laughs> and that I was just, that. That was just the beginning of what we have in store for us if the Knicks continue to be a playoff team. So I'm thinking the whole country needs to rally together behind this. There's not many things we can get together with about uh, as a country. I think one of them should be the New York Knicks should just be bad every year and we shouldn't have to deal with Knicks fans. I think it was better when they were walking into Madison Square Garden with paper bags over their face. Um, well, again, I'm still on the uh... – I'm still on the Knicks kind of train of I'm rooting for them, but they're towing a fine line with me. I can't wait for you I, to turn over to my side. I, you know, I, I think wait. I will. <laughs> Cause I think once I see oh, that, that Chris Bosch thing, I like saw that and I was like, Oh, don't do this. Don't do this. I, I felt like what it's like watching a, a hero or, or, you know, an action star in a movie turn evil. And you're like, don't, don't do this. Come on now. You don't need to do this. Just just enjoy it. Knicks fans, just enjoy this. You don't uh -huh. need to start talking. You don't need to do crazy things. Don't talk trash. You don't need to do that. Just enjoy it. Remember all the pain. Remember all the losing. Yep. Just for once. Just know your place. Silent. Watch know basketball. Place. And, like, just be happy. Because here's the thing, right? Their season can turn and just go downhill in a second. Oh, absolutely. They could go on like a five-game losing streak and just – Boom. You're then all of a sudden with as close as the East is boom, you're 10th or 11th, just like know, that. They're only 18 and 17. They're almost 500. And we're talking, yep. we're talking like this at an, at a basically 500 team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, but I'm still rooting for him. I'm good. Knicks keep winning. Uh, I'm still on your side for now, for now. This hard. I like the team. I really do. I like their, I like R.J. Barrett as a player. I like Emmanuel Quickly, who has proven to be another really good young player that could just jump right into the NBA. Even Julius Randle, I've always liked him. I liked him whenever he was drafted by the Lakers and then to the Pelicans and now the Knicks. But 
Knicks fans, don't do this to yourselves. Don't make this so hard to root for you. Um, you have a good young core. You have a good team. Just enjoy it, like Chase said. Just enjoy watching basketball. There's um, a lot of basketball left. And you know what? Don't I Don't you worry. Once you it's start coming. winning, you start feeling that taste. You got to talk a little. I, I'm saying, you know, talk here and there. Just don't be outrageous with it, okay? Just don't compare Julius Randle to Chris Bosh. My Lord. That's insane. I will say this, though. Uh, if the Cavs were 500, I, would, I wouldn't I would be talking. But I'd be, I'd be, you know, I'd be holding my head high, I think. But again, I'm still rooting for the Knicks fans and, and the Knicks. However, I am, I am starting to, you know, back away a little slowly from it. Yeah. If this continues, there might be a lot of people backing away. So we'll Jazz, see. They're on a three-game win streak right now. And the Jazz are really good. So um, they've figured it out. They have, I think what helped last year was them losing to the Nuggets in the second round. Yeah. Well, didn't it? Uh, well, you know, as Shaq would say, Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's only, what, he only scores the ball. Uh, no one should listen. <laughs> no one should listen, listen to Shaq for basketball opinions. <laughs> we'll say that. Oh, I, I love Shaq. But watch that him for was comedy. A, that was an and, all time and bad one. Watch him for comedy in uh, the general insurance ads but uh other than that um don't listen to Shaq for basketball opinions the dude i think watches two games a year they're probably both celtics lakers games um but so uh yeah recently Shaq has Shaq and charles have have taken absolute pride in not watching nba basketball but being paid to talk about nba basketball so congratulations to those two Mm -hmm. (laughs) so got anything else chase um you know what? Did you want to talk a little baseball? Didn't I do you? actually. Yes, I do actually. I, I remind, reminded myself of that when I asked you. So baseball season, spring training is back. Um, looks like they're going to play 162 games this year. That's the plan. They don't know what the heck they're going to do about uh, universal DH or anything, even though the season is almost here. But I just wanted to talk to you, Chase, about I know you are a, an Indians fan um i'm a cardinals fan your interest in baseball over the years what has happened to has it gone up has it gone down i know it was probably up during that world series run so i would consider i was always i i would you know i would consider myself more i'm less casual than i was and about two years before the world series run i started to get into it and of course i've been following it here and there uh but i gotta be honest with you a little lower than I was, you know, I'm definitely not at the, my peak fanship of it. Uh, the Indians, of course, traded uh, Francisco Lindor because uh, Cleveland doesn't want to pay anyone. So, you know what? And baseball, I got to be honest with you. After the Houston, after the Astros thing, uh, I really, it, it, I don't know, taking taken a little hit from me. How about you? That's, it's weird. It, it's not something that's happened overnight, but it's like, I don't really have any interest to turn on a baseball game. Um, and in previous years, I'd, I would turn one on every night. I would have one on if they were like playing in the afternoon, had an afternoon game. Don't get me wrong. I still love my Cardinals. I love how they got Nolan Arenado. I will still tune in, but I used to turn on 
uh, Wednesday night baseball on ESPN every Wednesday night to see it was usually the Phillies and sometimes the Mets, you know, see those national TV games. I have no interest in seeing a national televised MLB game on ESPN because I haven't really kept up with all the other players on other teams. And obviously I know the superstars, but the game has taken a hit for me, especially like you said, the Astros thing. And I also think last year's off season fiasco with the owners and the players and that baseball is so reluctant to change. It, is it's infuriating how the old heads running baseball are like, if it's not how it always has been, then we don't want it. And it's really, really infuriating. Universal DH should have been in the league 10 years ago. It's still something we're arguing about today. The Universal DH probably won't be there this year. Um, It should be in the league. It should always be in the league. I don't really care to see Adam Wainwright go to bat three times a game. Sorry. Love Adam Wainwright. He's a great pitcher bound for the hall of fame, but I don't care to go see him bat. Um, Give me someone who actually knows what they're doing with a bat in their hands. And Adam Wainwright's one of the better hitting pitchers and the whole fiasco about people getting so mad over the thoughts of implementing a pitch clock or different things like that. I got news. You got to change or you're going to get left behind. I'll tell you that right now. It, well, it also doesn't help that Rob Manfred might be one of the worst commissioners. <laughs> one of, if not the worst commissioner in sports right now. He's Awful. terrible. I can't, I like, anytime he's, it also doesn't help that every few weeks a controversial news story comes out about baseball, either executives or Rob Manfred that you listen to and you're like, they don't seem to love the game. They, no. they seem to hate it. Or they love it to the extent that they don't want to change anything. Yeah. Look, I don't know the fix-all for baseball. I think it would be a good start by by lowering the mound and making it harder for pitchers to strike guys out. Because you watch baseball now, it's strikeout and home run. And that really has killed the the game, in my opinion, um, with not having as much action on the bases or as much – Balls in play has what is I don't think it's the time between pitches that's killing baseball. I do love the rule they implemented where a reliever has to pitch to so many batters before a new one can come in because a reliever coming in to throw to one batter was getting ridiculous. Um, I like that change. I think that they need to figure out a way to have more balls in play and less strikeouts. Well, because <laughs> that is infuriating. You do know that they're deadening the ball a little bit more this year, right? So they are, gonna... but so we're going to see less home runs, but yeah. the same amount of strikeouts. Yep. So, you know, good call by the MLB, of course. Um, they have very smart people running their sport. Uh, they're going to get passed by other sports if they continue this road they're on. Um, it's it's simple as that. It sucks because I – you know, I grew up watching baseball. I, I still have Same. a love. Yeah. I, have, I still have a love for baseball. The ran like the Texans. They just make the wrong decision every single time. Yep. I and... can't, I can't tell you it's, it either takes them too long to make the right decision or they make a decision that nobody wants. Yeah. And they make like deadening the ball. That's not the answer. <laughs> I didn't fix some baseball. <laughs> that yeah, that's not gonna fix fans want to see fewer home runs. Who has ever said that? 
who in their right mind has ever said fans want to see fewer home runs? How about you figure out a way to get fewer strikeouts? You can make, you can lower the mound. So it's harder for the pitchers to get strikeouts. I know it also comes down to analytics and everything and players just playing that way now, but there are things that major league baseball can do that they just won't because it's the old heads that say, Oh, it's always for 150 years. We've had this great game. Why would we change it now? Um, uh, We're also, uh, at least I'm not saying we're not trying, I'm not telling you to change the entire game. I'm saying the change elements to fit the, to fit the time. So baseball can continue to survive. Yeah. It's like you need to evolve to survive. And I think baseball is one of those currently sports that needs update a, a few things. Again, I'm not saying change everything, but I'm saying if you keep going how you're going, you're going to continue to lose ground in the U.S. Baseball as it stands now does not lend itself. Think of our generation, Chase. We talked about this with Colin Sexton. We want instant gratification. We want action. Baseball right now provides none of that. Um in very few games anyway. And it, the, the change that has happened in the sport over the last five to 10 years with strikeouts and home runs has been something. It's been like the three point shot in basketball where it had, it happened overnight and it happened so quick and baseball has got to do something. Or if our generation is like this chase, you can imagine what the younger generation is like. Mm-hmm. and how much they won't stand for waiting around for a pitcher to throw a ball for a guy to strike out that it's just not going to fly. So we'll see what happens. But um, the way this game is going right now, um, I'd like me and you, we, I can still sit down and enjoy a baseball game just as I know you can, just because we're, we're baseball fans. We're sports fans. We grew up with it, but this is just looking out for the betterment of the game. I think. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying anything controversial either. Everybody, most people that like, <laughs> we, we are not saying anything new, by the way. Uh, this is a common sentiment yeah. along, among a lot of uh, baseball fans. And, and, you know, to some extent, some talking heads are finally starting to get behind this. Of, of It's like, yeah, baseball probably needs to evolve in a few areas. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be extreme. It's still going to be baseball. But, but man, it's if anything that could – you have to figure out if you're baseball, it is those strikeouts. That is, I know it's one thing if you have Clayton Kershaw out dealing and he's striking guys out, but when it's every single game and in every clutch situation, the guy strikes out and you just get no action. It's, it's re it's a letdown to watch. And we'll see. I, I doubt anything will change this year, but I'll still be watching Cardinals games. So <laughs> I guess baseball gets what they want. So it doesn't help, by the way, that Sinclair Broadcasting, that owns all the Fox regional networks, has kept their networks off of every major major provider in the country because they're holding out for more money. So basically Sinclair is and always has been a uh, terrible company, uh, which isn't helping baseball at all right now because so many teams are on those Fox regional networks, which are the Indians on a Fox network because – the Cardinals are and didn't you I mean anyone our age is going to illegally stream it for free I'll just yeah, say it right yes. now for anyone who doesn't know so well, no 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 um, no, no. I, I know you know I do not advocate it uh 
and I'm not saying I do it. This podcast does not advocate a legal strategy. No. However, however, it just ha- I, we know it happens. Yeah, I know it's out there. Yeah. I know it's out there, Chase. On my computer, I don't know. But it's out there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap things up there. Another great episode of Thoughts from the Attic, Chase. Yes, sir. And we will see you next time. Yep. Catch y'all later. <laughs>